Good health is a crown worn by the healthy that only the ill can see. Your health really is your wealth. Join us for the next hour as we explore disease and attaining and maintaining good health. This is Dischem Medical Monday, brought to you by Dischem, pharmacists who care. Welcome to Dischem Medical Monday. I'm your host, Dr. Dean Gerson. Thank you so much for joining us. Hope you're all well. We are very lucky today to be joined by Dr. Valentina Duncan, who is a pediatric dentist from Wigley Teeth in Pretoria. And thank you, Dr. Duncan, for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. Do you want to just tell us a bit about yourself and what you do? Okay. So I am a dentist that specializes in pediatric dentistry. Um, we, as you said, our practice is called Wigley Teeth, based in the Pretoria East area. And we are very focused on prevention of pediatric dentistry problems and just creating an environment for children where they feel comfortable and safe and they learn to enjoy coming to the dentist. I'm sure you know lots of people have a fear of the dentist, so we try and start early preventing things like that. Okay, and uh, so tell us when is a child's first visit at the dentist? Maybe you can tell us when children start getting teeth and how the teeth are formed. Okay, so basically, teeth are formed when, uh, when basically when the mom is still pregnant with a child as an embryo, teeth are already starting to form. But basically, we we tend to start seeing children getting their primary teeth, their milk teeth, around about six months of age. I mean, it's always exceptions, you know, give or take a few months. And then we advise, well, the the American Association of Pediatric Dentistry advises that children first go to the dentist either when their first tooth has erupted or around the age of one year old. And that's, you know, it's more actually for the parents to kind of get an education of how to look after the teeth properly and things like that and what uh, food stuffs to avoid. But um, the best time for a child to actually go to the dentist is when they're, I'd say about two and a half, three years old, then we, they have, they should have most of their teeth by then. And then we can kind of explain to them and make the visit quite an enjoyable experience for them. Okay. So, uh, what actually happens at the first visit? So at the first visit, we, uh, we examine the child. So they get to, if they, if they're willing to, not all children, all children won't always be willing to sit in the chair, sure. but Usually, if we can get them to lie in the chair, we explain that we're going to use a little mirror to check their teeth. We count to see which teeth are there. We check to see if there are any signs of decay, if the occlusion, which is the way the teeth bite together, if the occlusion is correct, things like that. Try and start to pick up things early if there are any cavities forming, if there is any discrepancy in the jaw relationship and things like that. We look for things like that. And then we also, you know, discuss their diet, uh, if they're going to sleep with a bottle, what sort of milk they're on, formula, breast milk, things like that. All things that can impact their dental health. You know, if they're feeding throughout the night, we try and explain that's not necessarily a good thing. Um, Yeah, so we also ask, you know, what toothpaste they're using, if they're brushing twice a day. They should be doing all those things by that age already. Perfect. Um, okay, so what is the difference between 
adult teeth and children's teeth? Well, the difference is, firstly, children have 20 primary teeth and adults with their wisdom teeth have 32 teeth. So there's difference in number, but obviously that's because child's jaw is much smaller. Um, children's teeth, we both adults and children's teeth have an outer layer of enamel, which is a much harder um, substance, and then an inner layer of dentine. Um, children's The anatomy of children's teeth is a little bit different. Um, obviously, they're much smaller. Uh, we often find little gaps between children's teeth, which we want, because that also helps with their dental development as they get their permanent teeth. Obviously, permanent teeth are much bigger, so we want a few gaps between their primary teeth just to make space for the bigger teeth. But, yeah, in general, you know, the, the actual anatomy is slightly different just in the shape of the teeth. Like, and the other thing is that children have um, incisors, canines, and molars. And with adults, you have eight extra premolars. Babies don't have – the children don't have premolars. So, well, yeah, there's slight yeah. differences, but basically, you know, the the general way that you take care of primary teeth should be the same as adult teeth. They shouldn't be neglected. You often get a misconception that, you know, it's just milk teeth. The You know, they're going to lose them and get adult teeth. You don't really need to look after them, and that's not really the, the case. Okay, and what about the composition um, of them? Is the composition very similar? Yeah, it is very similar. There's there's very little differences in the composition itself. You know, the structure of the enamel. You know, it might be that the enamel well, the enamel is much thinner, the dentine is much thinner, you'll have like quite a big pulp chamber, the nerve chamber. So when cavities develop in children's teeth, it 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 can go into the pulp, which is the nerve area, much quicker. So that you know, there's slight differences, but basically, you know, the composition is the is very similar. Okay, fine. And uh, are children's teeth more prone to getting cavities than book carriers than adults' teeth? Say, you know, that's, that's, they're more prone, like I said, you know, you have a thinner enamel layer. Everything is much smaller. So, you know, they're more prone to it only because they don't, they don't have control necessarily of, uh, you know, how their teeth are being taken care of or their diet and stuff. So I would say it's not necessarily completely a structural thing that makes them more prone to cavities, but it would be the fact that they don't have control of how they look after their teeth, if that makes sense. Yeah, sure. Okay, perfect. We're going to take uh, our first ad break, and we'll be back right after this. This is Medical Monday, brought to you with compliments of Discam, pharmacists who care. Welcome back to This Care Medical Monday. I'm your host, Dr. Dean Burson. Welcome back to This Care Medical Monday. We are speaking pediatric dentistry, and we have Dr. Valentina Duncan with us, who's a pediatric dentist from Weekly Teeth in Pretoria. And we've just been speaking about um, the development of the uh, teeth. Please excuse, there is terrible rain outside uh, my office window, and you can hear it uh, coming down. As you know, we're not in studio we're doing this uh, by distance and there are torrential downpours. So apologies if there's a background noise of um, of uh, thunder and lightning. Dr. Duncan, we're just speaking about children's teeth and are they more prone to getting um, caries or not? 
And you said that, no, it's just that uh, the care of the teeth, that's the problem. When should children start uh, brushing their teeth or flossing their teeth? Well, um, they should start brushing as soon as their first tooth erupts. So, you know, that's also just helping the child to develop that habit of um, brushing their teeth from the beginning. I mean, if you wait, you know, when do you start? If you don't start in the beginning, you know, when they have their first tooth. So, yeah, definitely. As soon as their first tooth erupts, you should start brushing. And, you know, it's not always easy to brush teeth uh, in a child, especially a toddler. But... um there are ways and means, you know, you do what you have to do, but it should be a non-negotiable of brushing their teeth twice a day and establishing those habits from an early age. And, you know, we actually advise even before they have teeth, you can start once they've had their milk feed or whatever, then you can actually take, you get uh, wipes that you can get from Diskim. They're called newbie tooth wipes and they, you know, you can wipe off the milk residue on their gums and, not only are you just removing that milk residue, you're also kind of establishing a habit and allowing them to, you know, get used to you putting something there and cleaning the gums and things like that. So, yeah, you need to start from a very early age. And once they start uh, brushing their teeth, how do they do it? Does it make which difference with toothbrush they use, which toothpaste they use? How do yes. they do it? So, how many times a day can you take us through all of that? Okay, so basically, um, like I said, it should you should start with doing it twice a day, um, you know, one in the morning after breakfast and at, at night before they go to bed. They basically shouldn't consume any milk after they've had their teeth brushed at, in the in the evening. So uh, what you would do with a, with a small baby, it's often quite difficult, you know, if they're moving their head around to actually get the tooth. You don't want to, you don't want to hurt them. So what you get is a little silicone finger brush. You can basically put your finger into this little thing. It's got little bristles, and basically you're brushing your teeth, like the, the child's teeth, with this little silicone finger brush. Um, and then, you know, if they're moving around, whatever, you have better access using your finger. Um, in terms of, and then basically as they get a bit older, you can get, uh, you know, you, you often find in the shops that you get these toothbrushes with age, um, distinguished, yeah, it, it says like 0 to 2, 2 to 5 or whatever, and that's just kind of the, size of the toothbrush, a small little head for a small little mouth, uh, and they have softer tooth, uh, softer bristles, just, um, you know, if they have lots of gum around the tooth and stuff like that, you don't want to hurt the gum, so you can use the different toothbrushes for the different age groups, and then in terms of toothpaste, you know, it's quite, um, it's, it's quite a big thing to, that we don't want the child to swallow too much fluoride in the beginning. Uh, fluoride is very beneficial for children's teeth, for everybody's teeth, but it's more beneficial when it works on the surface of the teeth. So um, usually we suggest from 0 to 2, because they aren't able to, to kind of spit out the toothpaste and stuff, you can either use a toothpaste with a very low fluoride level, and that you'll find in the shops, you know, Colgate or Aquafresh. Most of the brands have the age groups on there. Um and like I said, we just don't want them to swallow too much of the fluoride. So you can put a small smear of the toothpaste on the toothbrush and um, just ensuring that the teeth are getting exposure to the fluoride, but they aren't swallowing too much of the fluoride. And you also get toothpaste uh, with xylitol in it. Xylitol is just a replacement for the fluoride. And it's not just a sweetening agent. It also helps to 
kind of um, any bacteria which are in the mouth or in the plaque, it helps to kind of neutralize those bacteria so that they don't cause cavities. So, yeah. Um, just, sorry, while we're on yeah. that, can you just tell us a yes. bit about the fluoride, what it does, why we need it, how okay. it's given? And um, because, I mean, I think everybody used to remember it. Um, well, I remember from when I was a child and used to, um, they used to put on our teeth at the dentist and we'd have to wait exactly. and we couldn't uh, brush your teeth and you would see that it was in your toothpaste. Can you tell us a bit about fluoride and what its purpose yes. is? Yes. Okay, so fluoride is uh, quite, it's, it's a naturally occurring mineral, but uh, it's very beneficial, firstly, for to form part of the enamel. So enamel is mainly formed of crystals, basically, and uh, fluoride, when it forms part of these crystals in your teeth, it actually helps to make the enamel a little bit stronger. So um, it's, it's, it's such a beneficial product to have in our toothpaste. So uh, it helps to strengthen the enamel when the enamel is still forming. So look, on the surface of the tooth, if you have a, a potential area where a cavity would have formed, it basically the, the acid that's released by bacteria in your plaque starts to demineralize these crystals in the enamel. If this process starts happening and that area is exposed to fluoride, it can start to remineralize that area if it's small enough. So firstly, there we go. It's um, preventing cavities from forming. It's also the the bacteria in this plaque that sits on your teeth. It can also neutralize those bacteria so that they can't cause damage to your teeth. So it's those are the ways that it basically helps. Or it helps. It also um, helps. The, pl- the bacteria to, uh, sorry, it, it prevents the bacteria from multiplying, if that makes sense. So it kind of controls the, the flora in your mouth and protects your teeth as a whole. So it is really, really beneficial. And we always rather advise, I don't know if you remember, a lot of children used to get fluoride tablets and swallow them, you know. We, we like to advise against that because, um, there's new evidence in South Africa. We do have like trace amounts of fluoride in our water. So, and everybody absorbs fluoride in different ways. So we rather advise using it in your toothpaste or like you said, when you went to the dentist, they gave you a fluoride treatment and, um, you also get mouthwash with fluoride added and stuff like that. So we, it's, it's better when it's on the surface of the teeth when you actually ingest it. Okay, and then um, so we will get it in our in our toothpaste and probably yes. in our in our uh, mouthwashes and rinses. Yeah. Um, do you want to tell us a bit of, a bit about uh, flossing and mouthwash? Yes. How about fl- flossing and mouthwash? Are they necessary, or are they just other um, side things we should be doing, or nice okay. to do but not necessary? Up to you. Okay. What do you say? So I. Uh, Flossing is definitely necessary. It's not a bonus. Um, I'd say mouthwash, you know, it's kind of like a bonus thing. Like you don't, you know, it's not really going to make so much of a difference. Um, If you're brushing correctly twice a day um, and flossing, those are like your mainstay for for oral hygiene. Flossing is so important. I mean, every single dentist will carry on about flossing, but only because, you know, you can see the benefits of it all the time. Um, you can immediately see when a child hasn't, well, the parent hasn't been flossing the child's teeth, um, you know, cavities that form between the teeth. That, that is purely from not flossing, you know. 
um, if food is stuck in there for a couple of days, it starts to form a cavity there very quickly. And, you know, once that cavity is a certain size, you know, no, no amount of fluoride is going to stop that cavity from getting bigger. So, yes, flossing is so important. It's not just a added bonus. It needs to happen. It is difficult. It just seems like such a task, but it's definitely worth it. And to start flossing your children's teeth, as soon as those little teeth have contact or there's two teeth next to each other, you can start flossing there already. It is quite a, a difficult thing, but, I mean, if you go to your dentist, they'll definitely be able to show you how to floss. You can buy little floss sticks um, from from most pharmacies that are like different colors and different flavors for children and it helps to just floss their teeth but definitely it's definitely something that needs to be done as soon as they have teeth that are you know have contact um yeah i you know i don't i don't really advocate for mouthwash because i find that a lot of people use it as a crutch they think well oh we haven't brushed our teeth let's just use mouthwash but it really isn't a replacement for brushing or flossing Definitely not. And when should you, if you are going to use uh, mouthwash, when should you use it? For okay, flossing, so after flossing, before teeth, before brushing teeth, after brushing teeth? Yeah, you know, I definitely, first, uh, I wouldn't, basically you're, ordering, you're asking what order you should do it in. Yeah, yes, what order. Okay. All right. I'd normally say um, flossing first, just to get all the food or plaque out between the teeth, and then brush properly. And then mouthwash after that. Just, you know, if there's anything else. And then that mouthwash, which contains fluoride, you've, you've rinsed everything after that. And that fluoride is then, you know, in your mouth, on your teeth and stuff. So, yeah, I would say that would be the best order to do it. Perfect. We're going to take another short ad break. We'll be back after this. This is Medical Monday brought to you with compliments of Discam, pharmacists who care. Welcome back to Disco Medical Monday. I'm your host, Dr. Dean Gerson. Thank you again for joining us. We are speaking to Dr. Valentina Duncan, who is a pediatric dentist from Wiggly Teeth in Pretoria. And thank you so much again, Dr. Duncan, for joining us. We're just speaking about uh, children's teeth and looking after the teeth and brushing or flossing. Now let's speak about the bad part, about caries and cavities. What exactly is a, a carry or a cavity and how do they form? And then maybe we can go into talking about treatment for some of them. Okay, so basically caries is, is the term that we use for decay, um, a cavity in the tooth. So that is basically, um, you know, when there are there are bacteria that are naturally occurring in our mouths, but there are certain bacteria that can cause cavities in our mouth. So basically they sit in our, our mouth in plaque. Plaque is like a white stuff of debris and bacteria, whatever, that sit on your teeth and um, they're in contact with your teeth. Um, and as bacteria, one of the byproducts is an acid and it starts to demoralize the teeth. This is obviously on a very microscopic level, but this is how it starts. Um, so as that demineralization occurs on the enamel, it can, as it gets deeper and deeper, it can go into the dentine, which is the inner layer of your tooth. And that's basically how... A cavity starts. We'll talk about it as a hole in your tooth or whatever, normally. Um, and if that hole gets bigger and bigger, it can even go into the nerve of the tooth, um, and that's when it can start causing infection and toothache and stuff like that. So, basically, the bacteria, in order to live, needs 
food and the food that it thrives on are things like sugar or any forms of sugar, even lactose in milk. Um, and like I said, when they feed off the sugar or any basically high carbohydrate foodstuffs in our mouths, then they, they give off their byproduct basically is the acid which causes the cavities. Um, and they also thrive in a, in a low pH. So any food and stuff that causes the pH in your mouth to be lower will also help the bacteria to thrive. So yeah, the, that's basically what happens. So basically a high, a diet that's high in, um, in carbohydrates, not carbohydrates necessarily, but sugars, uh, will help these bacteria to thrive. And that's kind of like one of our main things. And you often hear, you know, parents, or, or dentists t- saying, you know, you mustn't eat too many sweeties because that's what helps cavities to form. But that's basically the process is the, 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 the sugary foods that basically help those bacteria to thrive in our mouth and then they cause cavities. So, um, yeah, it's, it's also constant exposure to the sugar. Um, you know, if you have a sweetie here or there, or whatever, it's not the end of the world, you know, you can't always keep children away from sweet things it's impossible um or even fizzy drinks you know that i was talking about um the lower ph in your mouth you know if you have fizzy things that also uh, uh, basically increases that scenario so we just encourage our patients just to have a diet that's high in fiber that also helps to remove the plaque brushing twice a day just to keep those bacteria that cause cavities under control um, and then, yeah, just, you know, we see so many children who are just constantly exposed to um, sugary foods. Bay, the, uh, one of um, the, the most common things that we see are children with cavities. We call it early childhood caries. It's basically um, babies who are falling asleep drinking milk or are drinking milk throughout the night. So their teeth are constantly exposed to milk. So I was talking about sugary foods, but um, it's not just sugar that you get in sweets or high carbohydrate, uh, you know, foods, processed foods. It's also the lactose in milk is also something that bacteria can use as a food. So you'll find that um, a child who's feeding throughout the night, constantly drinking milk, constantly being exposed, and the milk sitting on their teeth will often have decay on their front teeth, on the edges, just where the tooth... Um, and the gum meat. So that's called early childhood caries or also called baby bottle caries. So that's quite a common thing that we see as pediatric dentists. Um, you know, we see it very often. And that is very difficult for parents as well because, I mean, if you have a child that's not sleeping, the only way to get them to sleep is to give them milk, constantly feed them throughout the night. But that is a very common thing that we see as well in children. Okay. And how, how do uh, caries present so do, they, do you usually no, do you usually notice them or do the parents notice them or what's the most common presentation the most common presentation is that the parents notice them but often it's too late um you know it's it's often when they're already quite big quite deep uh, they've already started going brown and that's when the parents see the change in color on the tooth and they then they actually see it's becoming a proper cavity because in the beginning, you, you know, as dentists in, to the trained eye, we can see the very beginning when I was talking about the demineralization of the enamel, 
it's easy for us to spot, but not a parent. It might just look like a slight change in color on the tooth, but you might not pick it up. But yes, it presents as a hole in the tooth that's brown, sometimes even black. Um, and that's basically already, you know, when you see it like that, it needs to be fixed. It can't be left like that. You can't just, it, it will never fix itself, basically. That is when you need to go to the dentist and have the cavity fixed. Do you want to tell us the process involved with uh, fixing the cavity? What do you do if it's early? What do you do if it's late? What's okay. the process when a child comes to see you? Okay, so basically, if it's very early, very, very, very early, um, there is a chance, there are certain materials that are now available where if it is very, very early and the child is very young, you're unable to work on the child. You know, often we do see children younger than two years old that need to have work done on them, and there's absolutely no way that you can do a filling in the chair or, or they, there's, there's not enough reason to go under anesthetic to fix the tooth, and we sometimes can uh, apply this material just to just to remineralize that demineralized enamel. Um, we try to avoid, you know, having to take children, very young children, to theatre unnecessarily. So, um, so that's just in a very in very rare cases we are able to remineralize the enamel. Um, there are side effects with this material where it actually can dis- discolor the tooth, but basically we're just trying to avoid taking the child. Uh, for treatment if they're very, very young. And then if the cavity is a bit, is, is a bit bigger, um, then we do have to restore it. So what we do is if, uh, we have a child that is quite relaxed in the chair and we're able to do the work in the chair, if it's a small cavity, not very close to the nerve or there are very few cavities, then we are able to do it in the chair. So just like an adult where you sit in the chair and the dentist has to use the drill, we use a drill to remove the decay. So that's if you if you have a little cavity in the tooth, it's that dark stuff. It's usually quite soft. Um, that's the bacteria that is, that has decayed the enamel and the dentine. And um, we remove the decayed tissue and fill it up with a filling material, which is a material that we just we get different kinds. But specifically, you know, for children, we try to use one that has a bit of fluoride release that will um, stick nicely in a in a child's tooth because the structure. Uh, of the enamel slightly different to adults but yeah so we use a, a specific filling material to close the cavity and then we always advise parents you know to have regular checkups so that if if you are taking your child for regular dental checkups usually every six months you can pick up cavities when they're very small and then it is very easy to fix them in the chair they're much smaller we don't have to drill for very long um it's not painful usually if the cavity is very shallow we don't have to uh give a local anesthetic, you know, that's another thing that can make the visit quite, um, yeah, I was just about to to ask, which part is pain, which part is painful? Is the drilling painful? When do you need to get, when do you need to give a local anesthetic? Because I mean, that would be the biggest problem, I guess, in children injecting. Yeah. So we don't actually use a, a a big syringe. Like when, you know, you used to go into your dentist and seeing this big silver syringe, coming towards you. So we use something different called a, um, it's called the wand or STA. It's, it's, it's still a small little needle, but because we're working with children, we have to try and, you know, disguise it. Um, so we first put a little topical anesthetic on the gum before we, we, we actually give the local anesthetic. And we just tell them a little story about, you know, we're going to put some sleepy drops on there or whatever. And usually we don't have a terrible reaction unless the child is extremely nervous and they're expecting something to happen. 
they've had a previous bad experience. But um, we anesthetize the tooth when the cavity is very deep or some children, you know, end up being a little bit more sensitive than others. Some children, we are able to work without anesthetizing the tooth, but that would be a very shallow cavity where it's still in the enamel, basically, or just, just in the dentine. Then it's not very painful um, to drill on the tooth. But, you know, as a you, you learn with, just with, with experience, you know, a, a cavity that's starting to get a bit bigger, that ends up going a little bit closer to the nerve, you are going to end up hurting the child if you start drilling. So that in that case, we would have to anesthetize the tooth. And also with a cavity that goes into the nerve, we still work on the tooth. We don't just pull the tooth. There's obviously certain scenarios. There's no, you know, you have to assess the tooth in each case. But, yes, definitely if a cavity goes very close to the nerve or into the nerve, then we have to give a local anesthetic. And then, yeah, so then Uh, just carrying on from, sorry. Yes, Karen. Um, And then if a child has, firstly, if a child is extremely nervous and it's very difficult to work in the chair, for the child, if, if they really are, you know, traumatized or extremely nervous or there are very many cavities, we try to limit, um, trauma obviously to the child because, you know, that would be a lifelong trauma if anything happened at the dentist. Uh, if there are a lot of cavities or very deep cavities that, that end up getting lots of local anesthetic for different teeth, then we rather take them to theater, um, and perform the treatment under general anesthesia just to basically kind of fix everything um, and get them at, at a good base level. And then usually from there, I, I would say to my patients, parents, you know, then we have regular checkups to firstly build a good relationship with our patients just to get them to trust us and realize that it's not a, a terrible thing to go to the dentist. And also if you go for regular checkups every six months, if a cavity ends up forming in that six months, it's usually very small. Uh, and then you are able to fix it in the chair, hopefully without a local anesthetic um, and without it being painful and without it being scary or traumatic. And that's kind of the way to do it in children is to have regular visits so that any visit doesn't end up being traumatic. You know, there are obviously exceptions to everything, but that's kind of the way to go forward with, with pediatric dentistry. Okay, we're going to take another short ad break. We'll be back after this. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. This is Medical Monday brought to you with compliments of Discam, pharmacists who care. Welcome back to Discam Medical Monday. I'm your host, Dr. Dean Gerson, and we are speaking about pediatric dentistry. Welcome back. To all those who have joined us, thank you. And we are talking to Dr. Valentina Duncan, who is a mm-hmm. pediatric dentist at Wrigley Teeth in Pretoria. Um, we're just speaking about uh, fillings or uh, treating children's uh, teeth that have caries. What about? Um, I'm sure most children speak. Um, most parents always speak about gaps in children's teeth, funny-looking teeth. When are children's teeth meant to come out? Which ones? When do they start getting their adult teeth? And when do you start acting on whether they need some sort of correction or realignment, braces, something like that? Okay, so um, basically around about the age of six is when they start to lose their teeth. We call it exfoliating their primary teeth. You know, that is very, 
difficult. There are often children that are, I even see children exfoliating their teeth at four years old and some that haven't even exfoliated their teeth at eight years old. But, you know, um, it's, there's, there's a huge like window of when they would actually start exfoliating. But generally around the age of six, you find like in grade R, they start to start to lose their teeth. So the, the pattern it should follow and there's always exceptions to everything, but the lower central incisors are the first teeth to usually fall out. Um, and then following that, the top central ones and then kind of the ones at the bottom on the, on the side and then the top on the side. And in usually between six and eight years old, they lose the eight front incisors. At the same time, a lot of parents don't realize this, but at the same time that those front teeth are falling out and then, and the permanent teeth are growing in front, they start to grow their permanent molars behind their baby molars. So, um, often, you know, if at that age your, your child's starting to lose their baby teeth, um, and they complain of pain right at the back, you can often look and see that there's actually the gums are swollen and there's a new permanent molar pushing through at the back. Um, so that's normally, you know, like I said, between the ages of six and eight. And then you find that there is a bit of a, it slows down, that they don't exfoliate for a couple of years. And then between, I'd say like nine and 12, they start to lose their baby molars and baby canines. Um, and that's their, their primary molars are then replaced by the adult premolars, um, around about 10 years old. 10, 11, 12, round about there. But like I said, there's a huge variation of ages, but the general, you know, textbook age is um, 6, to, 6 to 8 for the front teeth and 9 to 12 for the back teeth. And then in terms of orthodontic care... Yes, when you start, you when, when when can you notice, I mean, when can you say, oh, they're still growing, they're not in their full okay. shape yet? When, yeah. when do you say, hey, there's a problem? Okay, so firstly, in the sometimes you can pick up certain um, jaw problems quite early. So if if you can often see like children with their primary teeth still that have an underbite, that is something that you pick up very early. You wouldn't send them for treatment then, but you would monitor them um, when there's bottom front teeth are biting in front of the top front teeth. That's quite a common thing. And then you would look for when their their permanent teeth come out if they're also still in this underbite. Um, like a bulldog bite is quite a common term that I hear my patients saying. That is something you would send them for treatment quite early on, as soon as their permanent molars are out and those permanent incisors are out, and if they're still in a um, an underbite like that. So that you would send quite early for for interceptive orthodontics. Um, other things, we can also get something called a, a posterior crossbite, is also when the molars um the top ones should bite on the outside of the bottom ones, but they're biting on the on the inside, if that makes sense. Um, that you can send for, for interceptive orthodontics quite early, as soon as you pick it up, as long as the permanent molars are in place. Um, severe space shortages where, you know, once the permanent incisors are out and they're all overlapping and you just can absolutely see there's no space for growth that you can send for interceptive orthodontics quite early on. But in general, if it's just a, uh, you know, a couple of skew teeth, there's just a little bit of a shortage of space, whatever. We normally wait for all the permanent teeth to have erupted, and then we can definitely see that there's going to be a space issue or whatever. 
then we would refer for orthodontics. So you generally hear, oh, you mustn't send your child for orthodontics until they're 12, but it's basically once all the permanent teeth are in place. Um, that is when we prefer to send for orthodontics. The exceptions are that the, if there's just a severe jaw discrepancy or crossbite or something, we, we send a little bit earlier. So how often uh, should people be visiting the dentist? Should children be visiting the dentist? Yeah, every six months. I would I would say that should be like, you know, just make it a set thing in your calendar and don't skip those checkups. Just do it every six months and you'll see that your child will have such a, a great relationship with their dentist. They won't develop a fear. Um, it's so much easier to treat problems when you're picking them up, you know, within six months. It's very unlikely that a very big cavity can form in six months. If, if it does, you know, there's something else that we're missing. But if um, you're going every six months for a checkup and a clean and a fluoride treatment, that is the best preventative care that you can provide for your children's teeth. Can you can you just take us through what happens when they come to on uh, each visit, a standard visit and checker? Okay. So generally what we do is um, we, firstly, our practice is very, like I said, very children-centered. It's very bright and colorful. We have a TV on the, on the roof and stuff like that. We just try and make it a very comfortable environment. Everyone is extremely friendly. Um, you know, they're already, you know, that kind of breaks the ice in terms of it not feeling very clinical. Um, you know, that can be quite intimidating to children. Although it is still a dental practice, you know, we still have the same materials and equipment and everything. Um, but I find that that just makes it seem a little bit more fun and not as intimidating. Um, yeah, so we basically will call the patient into the room. We will, you know, just explain. I'm, I'm just talking now in terms of a patient who maybe hasn't been to the dentist before. I would just explain that we are going to let them sit in the chair. The chair is going to go back, that they lie down. I'll use my mirror um, to examine their teeth. Um, so, yes, then basically I will start examining the teeth. I'll also discuss with the parents, you know, how many times a day do they brush? Um, who brushes the teeth? That is another thing, sorry, that I left out earlier. Um, that children shouldn't really be brushing by themselves at an early age. The parents need to be brushing their teeth. Up to, up to, I would even say about eight years old, the parents still need to be involved in the brushing process. The child is allowed to brush by themselves, um, you know, just to get a bit of the, the dexterity and to learn a bit of independence and then the parents need to still be brushing after them okay so sorry i've digressed there a little bit um i left that out earlier but that is a very important point that that the parents should still be involved in the brushing process okay so going back to the dental visit um i'll discuss with the child and the parent how many times they're brushing their teeth are they flossing what toothpaste they're using what toothbrush they're using is the parents involved in the process um uh, also, we also ask, you know, what what their diet is like. Do they eat a lot of sweets, um, things like that, gassy cool drinks, all of that. Um, and then I basically examine them to see, you know, if whatever teeth need to be there are there, depending on the child's age, uh, looking at their oral hygiene, if they are brushing by themselves, if they are brushing correctly, if they're using a normal toothbrush, an electric toothbrush, things like that. I go through the whole list to kind of get an idea of things that 
if there is anything wrong, if there are any cavities or whatever, I can kind of pick up where it's going wrong. So we do talk about all of that stuff as well. Um, yeah, and just I look at, you know, kind of the technique. You often find some children that will brush more in front but not brush at the back and vice versa. So we look at things like that. We look at if cavities are forming within the fissures. Fissures are little grooves on the top of your molar, on the biting surface of your molars. Some children have deep fissures, which also can make them more prone to developing cavities. So we look at all of that. So I look at the pattern of where the cavities are forming. Are they between the teeth, between the molars? Then I know that most likely this child hasn't been flossing. Um, you know, things like that. We look at that. We look at the bite. We check to see if they have a lip or a tongue tie. Um, check for any, you know, ulcers in the mouth or anything like that or, um, enlarged tonsils, things like that. So if you look at the whole picture, if the child is maybe a mouth breather, that could lead to, um, decay as well because there's not a lot of saliva flow. Saliva has a protective function in the mouth. And we also look if they, if they could develop orthodontic problems, children who have, who are mouth breathers, often you find that there, there are other issues that could be intercepted at an early age. So we look at all of that stuff. And then after after examining, uh, yeah. then yeah, sorry. No, care fine, care. Yeah, so after examining, then we'll also often you know, if it is their first visit, if there is even if they well, I was gonna say if there's nothing wrong, but even if there is if there are cavities or whatever, usually in the visit, first visit I um like to then do a cleaning so in children we just do polishing um so we use like it's like a little mini electric toothbrush almost so it's a little brush that we use and we use a uh it's called profi paste you can think of it like a toothpaste basically with extra things just to help clean the teeth properly and in that way i just like to expose them to the sounds and the feeling of the drills basically just to kind of get them used to it and and the the drill, the machine that we use, um, it's called a slow handpiece. It's like a little drill that we would also use if we fix their cavities. It's um, quite noisy. But if they just see that we're just brushing their teeth, it's a good way to introduce them to how everything sounds and the feelings and stuff like that of the machinery. But to them, they're just having their teeth brushed. So it's not as intimidating, but you're also kind of desensitizing them to it. Some children, and in this way, you also often can pick up if a child is um, has a bit of sensory processing issues, you know, you pick that up early on just by using the slow hand piece to brush their teeth. So you also you also kind of then can pick up if we are going to be able to um, do a filling at the next appointment, or we're going to have to kind of just you know have a few appointments just to make the transition to having work done on their teeth a little bit easier. Um, yeah. So and normally what I I don't I don't normally do a filling at the first appointment if we need to. I like to first show the child all the equipment because it can be quite intimidating. The suction is very noisy. Um, like I said, the drills are very noisy. There's a lot going on. It's a lot to process for a little child. So we take it easy. We show them everything. We try and make it fun. Um, like the, the suction, we often say like it's a little elephant's trunk or it, it you know, children can often accept things easier if they can relate it to something else. So I often say the suction is almost like their vacuum cleaner. It's noisy, but all it does is it sucks the water and the spit out of their mouth. You know, they they just need to be, like, exposed to everything, and you just explain everything 
like it's not that scary and yeah i suppose that's that's the best way just to introduce them to everything and awesome. then you've given us such yeah. a, sorry you've given us such a comprehensive yeah. view we're going to take a quick short ad break and then we'll wrap up Ooh. okay sure high fm 101.9 megahertz of life this is medical monday brought to you with compliments of discam pharmacists who care Welcome back to Discare Medical Monday. I'm your host, Dr. Dean Gerson. We just want to say thank you to Dr. Valentina Duncan, pediatric dentist from Wigley Teeth. Thank you so much for the most comprehensive um, interview. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm sure our listeners have thoroughly enjoyed it. And if they would like to get hold of you, do you have a website? Yeah, we have a website, www.wiggleyteeth.co.za. We have a lot of info on there as well for parents who have any questions and then we have an online booking system as well but yeah and we also have an instagram handle sorry i'm talking so much now but yeah we also have an instagram handle and a facebook page wiggly teeth on facebook thank you so much for your time dr duncan it's been awesome thank you thank you thank you to all our listeners we'll be back at the skin medical monday next monday at 10 o'clock stay well and stay safe Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008.